Бутик-политик. Авторская программа Кирилла Задова, посвященная текущим мировым проблемам. Бутик-политик. Предвзятый обзор, субъективные комментарии и искренние оценки Кирилла Задова. С понедельника по четверг, с 4 до 5. Бутик-политик. Сказал, как обрезал. Приветствую, друзья, с вами Кирилл Задов от Бутик Политик. Сегодня 14 февраля 2024 года, среда. День всех влюбленных, но это не та программа, где обычно мы это отмечаем. Сегодня у нас спешл к нам а, прибыл уже в студии, уже в студии. Николас Чемброс, политический стратег Республиканской партии. Сегодня мы поговорим о многих моментах, которые, я уверен, интересуют всех наших избирателей. Это очень важно. Напоминаю, друзья, что вы можете писать. Это интерактивно, можем легко с вами пообщаться. 3-4-7-4-6-0-0-8-7-7. Задавайте ваши вопросы для тех, кто в прямом эфире меня смотрит, но, опять же, тех, кто на YouTube-каналах, там можно подписаться. Это будет на англоязычном YouTube-канале моем выставлено, его тоже можно найти. Вот, по интервью, естественно, будет по-английски, разговор по-английски, но я думаю, что для нашей аудитории это никогда не было проблемы. И, скорее всего, не будет и в этот раз. По крайней мере, я надеюсь на это. Бутик-политик. Сказал, как обрезал. Nicholas, welcome on board. It's Thank you, Kill. So Again, happy to be back. Right, and the situation is so in, so tense, and it's just going to the, the intensity is going just going to increase, like with November coming up. Oh yeah, I, I I thankfully have calmed down from last night, but um, yes, the the electoral, the campaign intensity, it's only going to go up from here. Were you involved in uh, Santa, Santa's replacement election, like uh, like actively? Not actively. I certainly encouraged people to vote, uh, to volunteer, to get involved, to donate, but I had no direct role in the campaign. Let us remind our our listen our, our audience that well, what happened? The Republicans lost. We we lost. Yeah, that's uh, that's an understatement. We I, I don't know if there's a stronger word for it, but it was not good. It's a huge defeat, you're saying? Well, I think for right now, Democrats, um, they're rejoicing, they're dancing, they're using it as an uh, opportunity for propaganda. <clears throat> But for Republicans, this can certainly be a blessing in disguise. It's a wake-up call. Well, we had a lot. Midterms were a wake-up call. Well, in, in New York, though, because we had, we had... It's Long Island, right? It's a Republican area. Yeah. How could we lose? Well, we didn't we didn't learn from the mistakes of the past. We're not always going to be able to have a very strong candidate at the top of the ticket, galvanizing the voters, driving them to the polls. Um, last time we by had, by galvanizing and driving them, you mean not charismatic enough? Well, I think because if you have like uh, let me um, put some meaning in what I said, like uh, DeSantis is charismatic guy. So when DeSantis on the ballot, for example, in Florida as a governor, it brings everyone there. He no, nobody gonna stay saying, ah, I'm not interested, I'm not gonna go vote. Against and pro, everybody gonna go vote. So with the Republican Party in Long Island, where and DeSantis a small part won, of Queens, yeah, right, yeah. didn't have anyone who can galvanize people enough. Charismatic enough. Where where the leaders are? Where where the uh, what's going well, on? Well, she got a lot of support. I just think when when someone else is at the top of the ticket, they also have more resources. And I don't accept this excuse. Some some operatives mentioned. I think the RNC even mentioned that they were outspent two to one. We can talk about that later. But <clears throat> I think the key takeaway in this race: a lot of people are searching for answers. If you're running for office and you don't immediately introduce yourself to the voters, tell them what you stand for, what your ideas are. 
what you oppose. But that you do, I'm sorry for interruption, but that you do with the commercials that you have to, you got to have a... Whatever way you do it. Finance for this. If you don't do it right away, if you don't introduce yourself to the voters right away, mm-hmm. rest assured, your opponent will do that for you. And this happened, this is what happened in this race. Um, for whatever reason, um, Ms. Philippe did not really get out there fast enough. And Swazi was able to paint her as an extremist, um, as a flip-flopper. It's almost as if they, they borrowed a page from the Republican playbook of Bush 2004 with Kerry about <clears throat> you know him trying to have his way on I, evolution. I don't think it was a problem for Bush to defeat Kerry just women wouldn't vote for Kerry because Kerry is a I mean aside all his political standpoints and what he was and uh, a seasoned Democrat also and seasoned politician by the time but still he was a senator for many years and very rich with a lot of resources and Mr. Ketchup as he was yeah. called whatever but uh, charisma not comparable like it's it's like Hoover and Lilliput I mean this is nothing and How could Democratic Party came up with Kerry in the first place to defeat Bush? It's, it's strange. He was probably popular by the time. He was just winning the one war. Insurgency wasn't that bad by the time yet. And uh, in Afghanistan, he did a pretty good job. First, like, four weeks of military campaign, 2001. And uh, mission accomplished speech was an amazing speech. I was so pleased with that Saddam statue brought, brought down from the, in three, in four weeks into invasion. I mean, and I was a person who supported invasion as many democrats by the way i was a republican by the time and democrats hillary voted for senator hillary clinton yeah, yeah, voted yeah. for invasion so it was like uh, we were restoring our hegemony that's one thing of, of but uh also probably that uh queasy he is seasoned politician more advanced as um, with more experience look um yes that's true swazi is a very seasoned politician he knows how to play the game But <clears throat> look at what happened. So Governor Hochul and Tom Swasey, um, not the best of friends. That's an understatement, right? He tried running again. He ran against her for governor. He lost the primary. When they saw this opportunity, they patched things up quickly. Um, they buried the hatchet. She supported him, made sure he had all the resources. Um, <clears throat> I think Mazi has a bright future in the Republican Party. Um, she's young, she's dynamic, but <clears throat> with a candidate so new, you have to go in with all the resources right away, not piecemeal. This didn't happen. There's no reason we should have been outspent in this race. You know, you, you have people saying it like it's some kind of quick fix explanation. Oh, we were outspent. Okay, so what? So spend more. Y- you were outspent two to one. Yeah. What are you telling me that you're not going to be outspent five to one next time? You just lost this race. In a special election, in um, a Democrat enrolled district plus, right? You just lost this race. What makes you think donors are going to want to spend more next time? So this was this was a big opportunity that we lost. I really think we need to do some serious introspection. Enough excuses about the snow and the abortion. <clears throat> Voters were not thinking about abortion. They do. But not in New York, case. but in New York, they know that nothing gonna happen anyway. Right. With that, we are not not with immigration, not with refuge, uh, city refuge. With every, everything gonna stay as it is, as long as 
Democrats have a solid majority in the right in the city right. at least. But the thing is, I think that uh, it's another time, very painful. We see that Democrats are more organized. Absolutely, more strategic. More strategical. Have more resource. They have more resources, and we just underestimate uh, everything. We don't put enough in New York, in the state also. The same probably happens in the Senate. We don't have a majority. Oh, you would be. Everything is everything is assembly. Everything is a one chain. Is just uh, <coughs> it's links in one chain. That is, it's a it's a trend. Kiro, I want to go back to Mazi. I want to go back to Mazi. Right, I right. wasn't going to mention this, but I want to. You, you're very good at baiting me. I, I I told you at the beginning of the show. Don't. I'm not. You're not going to get a rise out of me. Okay. Um, all my tension was laid yesterday. It was gone by this morning. Um, so. I, I had a couple of meetings recently with some campaigns in New York for the state senate um, in some in some seats, districts that should be very competitive for us with some good candidates. And I was blown away by the meetings I had with these people and not in a good way. I mean, just naive about what it takes to run for office against an incumbent state senator a democrat incumbent state Who senator is right now a senator and just wanted <clears throat> to be reelected right yes oh yes. that's that's almost that's against the current exactly obviously you have to you have to do it much with more force even more force and more force i kiro i was taken aback i had one meeting in particular where this person was calling themselves a campaign manager never ran a race before in their life um really did not know much about campaigning post 1980 and this is the person they're entrusting to a seat that we should win i don't want to name names i don't want to get no, specifics don't do it. but yeah, um i i just how are we going to win how are we going to change things you know um <clears throat> i'm very fond of a political mentor of mine and she always talks about this and it, it applies last night it applies to a lot of the candidates who are gearing up on the local level to run she says the democrats play chess we play checkers right right it looks like that <clears throat> and you know going we, i mean we, we, we're stupid right it looks like we they're much smarter like crazy smarter they're they, more unified they, they go they go one two three steps ahead already yes and they unified but that is uh it's um brother i mean it's not brotherhood but it's kind of they know that if they're gonna relax they're gonna the things gonna start to change they don't want it so they have they understand that it's a fight and they're gonna be in the fight and they're gonna put resources they're gonna put the strategical thinking doing this and that i mean whatever happens is only because we don't don't we have enough smart people in the public we have what plenty of smart people so what's going on um we're too smart sometimes nah, too headstrong nah, i can't do this <clears throat> too headstrong everybody has their own opinions it's 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 harder for us to compromise, I think, and work together. But with... Strange. This is strange. Well, with, with Mazi, I mean, you saw the rollout was delayed. That allowed Swazi to define her as an extremist. I mean, calling Mazi an extremist is rich. I mean, that's hysterical. It's ridiculous. But she, he put it out there. So what is she doing? She has to be responding. Right. In politics, reactive. Reactive is bad. You got to be proactive. Right. When you're explaining, you're losing. Right. <clears throat> yeah. She should have come out from the beginning. Thomas Wazi has open borders. Voted with Biden 100% of the time. 
<clears throat> there should have been two issues in this race and two issues only. Not abortion, not gun control. Should have been the economy and the border. Should have pointed out repeatedly and in very simple terms. Swazi votes with Biden 100% of the time. Okay, you, you brought up borders. I want to do it later, but okay, because you brought it up now. What do you think? What what is your take on uh, policy on the border? What how it should look like? <clears throat> um, happy that Mayorkas is impeached. You're happy with this? I'm not a fan of impeachment. I'm really, really not. Um, I'm strongly opposed to it. But this is, I, and I don't like to use fortified language. But if ever anyone could make a case that treason, that this is treason, it's here. But listen, don't you think that what is done uh, impeach a sitting uh, secretary with no chance of passing that impeachment to Senate is just a theater the, in this particular point I agree probably with Democrats because whatever they say I don't agree with what they say that it's un- unconstitutional and it's a hypocritical position because they were doing the same to Trump during his term in office twice knowing that it's never going to pass Senate. It was just political stunt, whatever they were doing. But now, it's just the secretary. And <clears throat> he's not going to resign. He's going to continue to do what he's doing. And they now saying that Republicans in the, in the House, they're just wasting time on political theater <clears throat> instead of really doing something one, for border policy. One key difference. Both impeachments against President Trump were shameful shams. <laughs> Embarrassments. Let, let's let's talk about this. Yes, you're right. It was a uh, witch hunt. It was, they didn't let them work. They were doing all the special counsel stuff and special counsel came and Mueller came out after that and said, listen, it was nothing. It was nothing. And they still were doing impeachment for this. And then Ukrainian whistleblower that call with Zelensky. Also, everything was, it, it's a we have We right. have the transcripts of the call. Right. The, ridiculous. Ridiculous. The, no objective person Again, you can and, be partisan. Also, I'm sorry for interruption, but also we have to know that it's a president. And president, under the Constitution, he is he's supposed to secure the national security of the United States. I'm sorry for repeating. But uh, in order to achieve that goal, <coughs> the president of the United States has the right to do anything to other leaders of other countries to achieve the goal. So if he's saying he won't get any finance, if I won't get info of the vice president in the time before him while biden was vice president doing some probably dirty stuff and i want the info that's a national security matter if vice president of our country is involved in something that resembles corruption it's oblig it's obligation it's a, it's a necessity for our united states of america to know that exactly what happened so please provide us with documents and everything we can have otherwise you won't get our financing we, we cannot do it Well, this is crazy something like 16 people were on that call I mean come on right that's the difference Mayorkas however is breaking the laws of the United States we do not have an open border policy it's not in the constitution that's true no one ever voted for it <clears throat> we let in 170 terrorists last year we we let them walk into the country 250,000 in December were just arrests to say that they're terrorists we don't know that no 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 170 170 are on the terror watch list really that is a fact 
They came to But the nobody wants to talk about this. To South? They yes. To the, I, yes. I, I, I didn't know that. And like I said, I don't take impeachment lightly. Um, I've got to say the stuff, when they're talking about impeaching President Biden, I'm keeping an open mind. But again, there has to be, <clears throat> for me, for, for us to delve into that, I mean, there has to be a slam dunk case against Mayorkas. And I know partisan Republicans will say, well, there is a slam dunk case, etc., etc. Mayorkas is deliberately allowing an open border. I'm sorry, if you allow 170 known terrorists to enter our country, 170. So let's see. There were three to four crews, three, four person crews for 9-11, right? There were 25 people um, on boards of four planes. Altogether, I think 25, something like that. So basically... Yeah, but they're not simple people. They were trained in American pilot schools. They were people very intelligent, smart, and savvy. And they were like, they not were just soldiers. They were officers. All of them were like on very high rank in, in their uh, terrorist organization. In the, in Al-Qaeda, they were on a very high level. It was right. Just well, we don't know. I mean, the, these all could be the best of the and the brightest of now, the after, disgusting I mean, terrorists. Still, into, after 2001, everything that happened and patriotic act of Bush, and uh, very tough control measures that were implemented after that, and unifying all database of all uh, national security bureaus and agencies that they have, and secret services, and it's one database now, according to Patriotic Act, at least. And still, we leave we we letting those people come to the border. This is incredible failure. How many criminals have we let in? Do you know that we don't. We never know. Yes, we do. We actually do. No, we know whatever we know. We as don't of now. Know. Yeah, we just don't as know. As of now. As you say in Venezuela, Nicaragua, those people. Venezuela no, 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 is no, no, most no. criminal people. They are most like uh, <laughs> criminal. Or Salvadoran also. And so, Gonduras people, the, some of them are really uh, not... Um, I always remember, I, when I, when I, when we talk about that, and people talk about that, I remember Tony Montana in Scarface <laughs> thinking in front of uh, Homeland Security. There was no Homeland Security. A cross of uh, officer of uh, well, refugees. Well, we have a number twice the size of the city of Buffalo of Tony Montana's right, in this right, country yeah, now. Right, right. We have... But so what... Uh, I'm sorry. Just for sake of our time. Tell me exactly what is your policy on the border. Let imagine that you are Secretary of Homeland Security. What are you going to do? We need to close the border. You, sh- you will shut the border? I wouldn't shut the border down. We need to secure the border. And I'm not anti-immigration. I just want to say I that. understand. Um, you know, we're a country of immigrants. Right. You are a chamber of Sam Zadov, and we are... I'm an immigrant in first generation. You probably... Proud. Thought. Proud immigrant. Right. A proud son of immigrants. Right. Proud first generation American. There's room for immigration in our country. Within reason. And I'm not one of those elitists who only wants to bring in, you know, microbiologists. Right. I think we should have a process where people can come here legally. But people are playing by the rules all over the con- all over the world. They're waiting in line. I have a friend who has relatives in Colombia. They've been waiting 10 years because they refuse to break in the Colombia, law. In Colombia, you mean Colombia? Colombia. <clears throat> the country, Colombia. Uh-huh. They've been waiting 10 years. If it's not, oh, we'll get you. No, no. Yeah, but you can wait for 10 years. I'm sorry for interruption again. You can wait 10 years if you're in a civilized country where drug cartels not shooting each other and some civilians are coming and cross fire. That's one story. When you have to run for your life with your family, with no staff, and you come like with one carry-on suitcase, and uh, kids and wife and you're running literally so then you cannot wait in line you have to be able to pass 
how you gonna treat those people what's gonna happen to them <clears throat> well again uh, legally at, at least still you try start to solve the problems in our backyard but you have to do president it. trump solved it you remain he, in mexico he, no one's going to bother that in time in mexico was also not safe uh in the, you know what i came to mexico city once in my lifetime it was like in march 2021 and i wanted to i came at night i'm sorry for no, no. i came at night and i wanted to go because i've never been mexico city and i want to see it So I open Expedia and what to do? Like what to do at night in Mexico City? First thing you know what I read on the official Expedia site in Mexico City? They said if you are a tourist, do not take a yellow cap. Really? Even during the day don't do it. Why? Because gangs, they know that you're a tourist if you're in a yellow cap, they might kidnap you. Oh my goodness. And I was like, "Uh-oh, Mexico is a serious country. It's not failed state now, at least now." No. So I was like, "I'm going to stay in hotel for all night. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> And it's not safe even in Mexico City. Can you, what do you say in Ciudad Juarez? It's safe? It's not safe. So, look, y- you can always make arrangements for the safety of asylum seekers if the two countries cooperate. Um, You're right. So that's that's not a really big That's what Trump, by the way, did with Obrador. Yeah, they absolutely. Did. And, but other, kind of, and Mexico also can, uh, but we need to finance the protest probably, and we need probably involve steal our troops i strongly believe that you cannot just treat symptoms you have to treat the problem mm-hmm. and the problem is failed state all over we have venezuela we have nicaragua we have Honduras, salvador ecuador now everything is south america except for argentina and we don't argentina we don't know what's gonna happen i just came back from buenos aires i've been like for two weeks it's not stable It's not stable really? because of financial situations, 260% inflation. So next, what's going to happen next? They can. It's, it's also going to feed those uh, like uh, migration drive that we are witnessing <laughs> right now for right. the last couple of years. But we have to treat the problem. And for that, not, we need an enormous amount of resources. Democratic administration not going to do it. Trump also didn't do it. And he won't going to do it. We don't have a policy how to help those countries to help those citizens of those countries to remain in their countries, respective countries, not to come to America. Because America is... A, so, first, what you're saying, we have to make a very selective and enforce a very tough process for admitting them to immigration thing, right? But not shutting the border. No. Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, again, all those countries are now incentivized to send millions of people here. Um... They're not, you know, Venezuela is not sending their best students here. Somebody with a 45 is not an asylum seeker. Let's get the crap. This is causing havoc in our cities, um, in our towns, in the border towns. New York City is going to go bankrupt if this keeps up. It's Mark 100, my word. $100 billion dollar budget. Some countries don't have that kind of a budget. And we want to go bankrupt? Yeah, it could be. It's not sustainable. Um, no, that the problematic is understood. <laughs> I'm just saying that still, uh, I don't see any um, in whatever they're doing right now in uh, house. There gotta be some kind. Of, what what what's bad about the deal that senator Republicans? It basically start? legalized legalized illegal immigration. Um, you you're getting four thousand illegals per day, but That's not allowed. for um, just to give them pending status. And to treat them very fast. And the deal was very fast processing time. And uh, under any circumstances, officers could decide on the on the spot that this is it for today. Everybody else just go back Not without... True. 
No, that, that was that's not what true. I read and watched. Oh, it look, um, I I listened to um, was it Langford from mm-hmm. Oklahoma? Uh huh. I watched him on Kill Me and wow, what he was saying is, oh, you're looking at this, and then you look at the fine print. <clears throat> All of these provisions were reversible. Yes. What do you mean? Reversible. It's a deal. Obama. It's oh, no, no. Obama could have suspended these at any time. They snuck in also hundreds of thousands of H-1B-1 visas. Now, H-1B-1 visas, separate issue, worth taking up. Why are you sneaking this into that bill? It's why so many Republicans get discouraged and don't vote. Remind, please, our audience, <coughs> what's H-1B visa? What is that? So they're really uh, work visas for professionals. Oh, that's a different story completely. Yeah, right. Yeah. So why is this in that, in that bill? And I'm not opposed to that. And what they were saying, increasing quota? Big time. Yeah, even, even for children. That's not bad. But that's not bad. Separate issue, though. Right. Don't come agree. I agree. And but it's well, they always and everybody put something else like we call it a train thing. Like everybody put something in the bill. You this, want a big bill? Something. Put something else. This was, um, this was the big ugly. Um, Why? You provide. You lawyers. need professional, but you need professional. Hmm? You need technical. You need engineers in the country. We need them for for our future. We need them now. We need a certain amount of engineers. You. What well, was happening have, under the Obama? We have such a big deficit. We have um, such a big deficit. What was that. happening in the Obama administration is basically they were using H-1B-1 visas to suppress wages of STEM disciplines. A lot of a lot of engineers were being forced to train their replacements as they were being laid off. <clears throat> well, that's very so interesting. there was rampant H-1B-1 abuse. These, these are supposed to be jobs for... Um, these are supposed to be for people to be hired for jobs that can't be filled. By Americans, and the, the 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 history of H-1B-1 abuse is rampant in this country. You know, Obama when he was, uh, and after that we're gonna go for a commercial break. Obama used to say on his first term that, according to my opinion, I'm citing, with any master degree in American university for any foreign student for like real thing, like for math or for like mechanics or stuff like that, green card should be attached, stapled. If you give an American master degree to any foreign student for real discipline that we need for our economy, attach green card to it. And I happen to agree with this. I think that whatever we, in our best uh, universities in the world, in America, if we give personal education in very hard subjects and discipline, that person should stay in America because <clears throat> it's going to create our jobs. It's going to create our technical progress that's gonna feed us that's a good idea I think also so can I can I do you have time for me to yeah answer please okay sure it's interesting you brought that up it has to be about fairness it can't be about what your discipline is um, because we, we have a lot of a lot of students here in science technology engineering mathematics who struggle to find jobs <clears throat> it has to be about fairness this this Obama used great language it was really propaganda for great effect because Obama wanted Open it borders. worked for me, right. <clears throat> Open <clears throat> borders all the time. I want to share a story with you about if we have time. I don't know. If we One have time. minute. Okay. Huh? So I had a very close friend who lived in the United States. <clears throat> he, um, brilliant. He won article of the year in physical review. The world's preeminent journal right. in physics. Right. He had one bad semester. He had some personal issues. Don't want, you know, just silly stuff. He got distracted. He did bad one semester. He had to leave the country. He's now a professor at McGill. Oh, McGill. McGill. In Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. 
huge loss. But we need fairness. We need procedures for all. We shouldn't be picking and choosing. And we can. As a country, we can, I have to tell you. If we have a need, we can, on a, you know, on a high level, we can say, you know that kind discipline, of, you know what kind it. of need we have in this country? It's not about what you're studying in college. It's about your resolve to come here, work hard, assimilate, adapt. Agree. With That's our, what we need. Our cultural code. Agree. We'll come back right after that. Бутик Политик Сказал, как обрезал Минай, друзья, с нами политика, политический стратег Республиканской партии Николас Чамберс Николас, welcome on board Again, thank you very Good much Good to be back So I just wanted to make a final point about what we learned about Mazi's loss last night The 1980s are gone I don't, I don't want to be too stern about that But I don't want to mention specific races But how many times do we have to lose before we accept that any substantial, important campaign must invest and get out the vote infrastructure. This does not entail imaginary volunteers that knock on one or two doors. <clears throat> There's modern ways to get out the vote, and the Republican Party in New York State is lagging behind in many races. Um, just want to say we have hundreds of thousands of refugees we need to bring back to New York. And before people lose their minds by refugees, I mean... All our, our people who left for Florida. <clears throat> you read my mind. Florida, right. North Carolina, New Jersey, South Georgia, Carolina, right. and you, Tennessee. Because the climate also in the look at us. It's yeah. sunny, but it's windy and cold. So many people, they, they were heartbroken. Warm they them the with tax reductions. Warm them, like warm them up with... Uh, we have to embrace them. We have to let them come back. We come need back. to win seats. We need to win seats to bring back our people. So, um, let's get to it. Anyway... Um, that's all I'm going to say about last night. No, I, how, how it should be done, though? I want to... Then we, uh, we have only a couple of minutes look, left. There's no point of bringing up brick foreign policy issue now. So just tell me, what do you think should be done? How can we bring them back? So once you win a couple of elections in key races, <clears throat> the Democrats will notice, and they won't go so hard to the left. Oh, you're saying that's a way to fight progressives? Yes. We'll reach common ground. Bail reform. This right. ridiculous law. Stop and freeze. We need a lot for New York City, though. Well, stop you, and it's frisk. It's not going to come back, you're saying. The way Bloomberg used stop and frisk, people might be shocked at what I'm about to say. The way Bloomberg used stop and frisk ruined it. Um, you know, we, we have constitutional protections in this country. Um, you can't just <clears throat> randomly, without cause, stop people and search them. But it's, you look suspicious. That's not without cause. The way Bloomberg... And it was very successful, though. Well... Ask any police officer. They'll tell you right away. I'm sure <clears> you talk to them. If in Bronx or in East New York, if you do that in train station, you're going to be successful. So, in the way the way Bloomberg employed it was not legal. And no, I so think... So, de Blasio, when he was criticizing him in this studio many years ago, when he was uh, not yet uh, not even a candidate... <clears throat> His position was, I forgot how he called it. So he was like advocate Public for... Public advocate. advocate yeah. So he was talking about the illegal, illegal issues that are in the... That was right. It was true. Well, I think I think the Blasio went a step too far. You can practice stop and frisk, and we should. I just don't want... I don't want your listeners and viewers to think I don't support stop and frisk. <clears throat> the way Giuliani did it was markedly different than the way Bloomberg did it. So... <clears throat> you know what I have to tell you? Uh, 
it's always going to be very problematic to use the thing. Because it's always going to be blame and racial profiling and stuff like that. But eventually, in the end of the story, everybody benefits. All law-abiding people will benefit from this. I don't think you need to just stop people unconstitutionally in order to have a safe city. The way Giuliani practiced it was different. It was legal. I think Bloomberg got just got carried away. I think people they were just stopping, and that's that's not allowed. But focus on broken windows, focus on fair evasion. Have you have you do you use mass transit? Very rare. Thanks God bless God. you. Thanks God. <clears throat> I use it a lot. You should see. A third of the people don't pay. That I know. That I know. <clears throat> it's you know bad. we need to go back to respecting the police, to giving them the tools that they need. This ridiculous law that the city council passed here. Um, Basically forcing them to document almost any interaction they have with the public. No, camera on the body of police officers is not a bad idea. No, no, but I, I don't know if you know this. They have to fill out paperwork now. After that, every, every interaction? Almost. Even if I come to ask like directions or ask to help to there's some There's some tire. debate about that, but basically um, it forces the police to, to fill out paperwork for almost every interaction. They can deny that all they want. It's true. Um if we <clears throat> did not lose so many Senate seats in 2018 in the New York State Legislature, we wouldn't have passed bail reform. You know, there's a law right now that you have to give the alleged perpetrator of a vicious crime, a physical assault, you have to give them the personal, physical address of the person you allegedly assaulted and their home phone number. That's just crazy. That... Unfortunately, we are running out of time. Next time you come, we'll discuss exactly that. We'll start from this. God willing. Nicholas Chambers, political strategist for Republican Party. Thank you very much. Thank for you, Joe, for having me. It's terrific. We'll continue that. It's very interesting for me. I, I'm sure our audience is also excited. Thank you very much, Nicholas. And just, I'll see you. We'll see each other. Thank you. Sounds good. Boutique Politique. Сказал, как обрезал.